Perfect. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an extra special episode of uh, TikTok here. Uh, we just did one there yesterday, but here we are back, July the 20th of 2023, and we're joined by a couple guests here. One uh, is just running a little bit late, but uh, first off, we've got a uh, guy I've been following on TikTok for quite some time, I think since I started on TikTok. Um, a voice of reason, really, in Canada, and a voice of... Uh, of just concern, really, um, Adrian, the realist. Thanks for coming on on uh, shit talk with us. Thank you for having me on your guys's platform. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad to be here. So, you go. Oh, and it looks like uh, we've got our our other guest is joining us here too. So we'll wait for his audio to catch up. But uh, in the meantime, um, how long have you been on on TikTok? Let's start there, Adrian. Mm. I've been here for, I'd say, about almost two years now, and 30 accounts later, I'm still here. This is, I just started my other account finally today. I just thought I'd give myself a good seven days before I go back on, but yeah. I mean, it was Owen that actually kind of picked me up from the from the trucker convoy side, and he thought that we should kind of team up and see what, you know, the connection that we can have in, you know, the political field. So, yeah, so I've been here for just about two years now. Nice. And um, how have you found TikTok as a platform? Like you said, you've you've gone through thirty accounts, which isn't uh, unusual for anybody on on the right side of politics. It seems these days. Um, I find it very like informative. Like I I came on here just to see what what, what the whole political approach was, or how how people kind of thought. You know, I I mean, I used to talk on Facebook quite a bit and. You know, it just wasn't, you know, I, I for the most part, my my life was like, you know, like uh, the evergreen forest with the raccoons and everybody was all cool and stuff like that. Eh? Until you until you start realizing that there was a lot more drama and misinformation from the Native American point of view that I had to kind of start talking a little bit because I just thought that, you know, whether people believe it or not or, or accept it or not. Canada is made up of cowboys and Indians and we have to accept that. And if we don't accept that, then, you know, our voices are always going to be divided and division is what the country is facing right now. So that's why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, I guess our, our fearless uh, primate leader there was in um, Ontario somewhere, I think this week. And, attended a first nation event there in which case the audience had a mixed reaction they did i think there was five thousand people there and there's a lot of booze um like i said it back in 2000 i think it was 2016 no 2014 15 when he started doing his campaigns over here i told him and this is what i said even with the all chiefs conference i said you know stephen harper at least would you know use lube when you bent over, this guy stuck it in dry. That's what I've always said. And you know, he's going to stick it in dry. And people didn't believe me, you know, because that's just how it was. I mean, you look at Justin Trudeau. He seems like a nice guy walking around with a headdress and everything, doing every single thing. But we got to remember that he's a he's a drama teacher. I mean, Mr. Dress Up. I, the only thing that I haven't seen him wear is a freaking garbage bag and go speak to the homeless. That's the only thing I didn't see yet, you know. So it is what it is. A good point, actually. I didn't realize he hadn't played Oscar yet. There you go. There's Owen. I can actually hear you now. <laughs> hey, you can hear me? Thanks. I can hear you now. How's it going, buddy? 
Not bad. Well, there we go. Owen, thanks for, thanks for lining this, uh, this podcast up with us. Uh, first time chatting yeah. with, with yourself. I'm sure I've, I've seen you on TikTok lives and that as well. Oh, right on. Uh, I just first started checking you out. You're out West, eh? You're in BC. Yeah. We're out in the Okanagan right now, sweating. Yeah. It's hot there. Oh yeah. Not too many, not too much smoke though. Anytime we get smoke, it's usually wafting in from somewhere else. So. But the fruits come in though, right? Have you gone oh. picking fruit yet? Oh no, not that I would, you know, no. tell anybody about. But, yeah. <laughs> it's Thanks. funny because um, conservative ant was just out there on uh, on TikTok or Instagram or whatnot, talking about being in Italy where you just pick whatever you want. It's growing everywhere, well, yeah. you well, know. Yeah. And I've I've said the same thing about the Okanagan. Like all the apples are behind a ten foot, you know, electric fence. It's crazy, uh, right? You got the cherry trees and everything. Like very seldom can you actually pick something. You get you get yelled at for trying to pluck a rose off a rose bush in the city. It's crazy. Really? Nah, that's too bad. I remember going through BC and there was a lot of like cash boxes left on the side of the road. And, you know, honor system where you pick and just leave cash. That was going on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah, the good old days before we started locking the garbage cans, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting little fun fact there. This is right now raccoon um, breeding season or litter season. And mm-hmm. the raccoons only like um, look after their pups for kittens, I guess, for about three weeks. So if you're lucky enough to see a raccoon with their little kits out right now, you're pretty fortunate because it's quite a, quite a short little season for them as far as, you know, feeding them and keeping them protected. And yeah, then they're gone. And then they're you know, in everybody's garbage. Talking about TikTok, have you heard the theory that that's the proof of God is is raccoons because they got little hands, little stealing hands, and they got a bandit mask. You know, it's just. I mean, does nature have that much sense of humor? <laughs> Come on. Well, the <laughs> platypus was yeah, the beavers and the and the they ducks were drinking too much one night. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so so adrian before before we start recording here you uh you kind of had a timeline that you wanted to explain to uh to fellow canadians that might be listening as far as how we how we've gotten to this level of corruption i think is kind of the uh or or maybe it's a level of ignorance worse right well they, deep down the rabbit it. hole do you want to go <laughs> that's what we we're just talking about how deep i mean we can go back to the tpp and nafta agreement how everything kind of crashed you know how they bring in china and the aspect of things because of currency manipulation right but we can go back down to 1971-72 when you bring the credit system in and the credit system is you know how it all started with you know when they started every single president after that said new world order right so when we start looking at the credit system, it brings inflation and inflation is nothing more than debt. But when we bring it all the way back over here tonight, 2008, like I said, 2008 was the time that uh, China came over here and everything was going crazy when the, when everything crashed uh, after the, the depression of 2008. And uh, from that point on, we, that's when we started seeing ourselves from the Native American community, uh, what do you call, uh, they were trying to talk about, you know, you're going to have to start investing into water. You know, after a housing market crash, when the water was getting pulled in, that's when we started saying, what's going on here? You know, because now, you know, they made the deal with uh, Justin Trudeau, not Justin Trudeau, but Stephen Harper in China at the time, because 
China did have a pollution problem and they didn't didn't have enough water out there to, you know, so they started trucking all this water to China. And that 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 was no consultation to the Native Americans over here neither, or you know, the, you know that kind of aspect of things, and and that's when we started realizing that there was a big concern as to you know what they said. Sooner or later, you're gonna start buying water. You're gonna start buying your water. Everything's gonna be about water pretty soon. So from that point on, like I said, uh, we started looking at uh, you know 2012. You know when they were talking about. Uh, inflation between the FSI and AFN and everything like that and making deals with Perry Bellegard at the time. 2015, the Great Reset, when they were talking about it with AFN leaders and FSIN and you're starting to see the corruption that was happening with murder and missing Indigenous women and the 215. So, like I said, me and Owen could go quite deep if we really want to, and but where it really started from was no dapple. When we started looking at NODAPL, North Dakota Access Pipeline, and seeing what was going on uh, prior to Obama and everything like that, uh, the election between Donald Trump, you started seeing there was a real big push as to Chief Archibald, you know, and what was going on there uh, to find out that he got paid off by the, the, uh, the you know, the government there. And that's why everything stopped. Um then we started seeing the plan unfold coming down to Canada. So from that point on, what we noticed is that they were making a pipeline going through to BC. I don't know if you guys remember that pipeline, but they were going to go, they were trying to get uh, Alberta independence. Instead of going to the United States for refining, refining their oil, they're going to do this offshore. I don't know if you guys remember that, but they started making the pipeline through there and the, a lot of First Nations stopped it. They, they just said, this is not going through here. We're not going to have this uh, go through here. And it was pretty well successful only because of the fact that they had environmentalists helped them with that problem. Uh, to find out that the environmentalists were paid by George Soros. So now you're starting to see something that's actually starting to unwind here. And uh, as soon as they... They stopped that pipeline. They started going through a different part of the country. They started going right to the right to the the cove of BC. As soon as it got there, guess who stopped it? Justin Trudeau. He said it was going to be a bear sanctuary, and that's the only reason why it stopped at that point. And from that point on, he also bought and shut down the pipeline. I don't know if you guys remember that the four billion dollar deal, and he just said I bought it and he shut it down. You know because of environmental issues, right? So. From there, we got word from uh, various groups, especially uh, some chief and councils, that you know they wanted this and it, to stop it. And we started realizing that United Nations declarations of the rights of indigenous people were also a part of it. Uh, some of the some of the various nations, dare I say, people of salmon, people of everybody, started jumping on board as to making deals as to what needs to go on. And from that point on, we, we saw what happened in, in uh, what do you call Fort McMurray? Burned down the damn city. We don't know what happened, but everybody knows that there was a lot of confusion over there as to what really happened. It just burnt down like crazy. You had some firefighters over there. Everybody got kicked out of there, and all of a sudden, some houses burnt down that shouldn't have burnt down. I'm not going to say fuck all about that. Sorry, guys, if I'm swearing, but I'm not going to say too much about that, but you guys know what happened. And right from that point on, that's when they started having the yellow vest movement. Uh, you know, they started bringing this Brexit deal over here because 
if you guys know anything about politics and the aspect of how to centralize votes, you also have to have a centralized location as to, you know, we need a voice, we need heroes. And that's what we always know with, uh, with political groups. That's what they did with FSIN and AFN with the 72 nations in Saskatchewan. They had to centralize one group and that was FSIN that was built in 1982. And because you can have 72 nations talk at the same table, you only need one. And if you buy that one group out, then that's all the voices you need is just the one. The same thing happened here in Alberta. When you have too many people all going crazy, they started with the Yellow Vest movement. They start centralizing all the people. And then they started talking with Peter Downey, who is also a part of the liber uh, liberal group over there that came down over here. And ironically, who was a part of that was Tamara Litch. So you start seeing these connections form and you start looking at what the fuck's going on. Sorry, what the hell's going on for the people that are listening, right? And then you start seeing this trucker convoy start going on with Pat King and everything that's coming down because you start seeing all these connections with all these people. But what we also know is that in order for United Nations declarations, you, let's just say UNDRIP to come through, they also had to start taking away certain types of rights that protected Canada and it's, you know, in its, in its democracy here. So in order that to, for that to happen, you have to bring in the emergency act. We already thought that it was bullshit that they can't do it, but lo and behold, the trucker movement went through. And that's where we realized that something big was coming. And a lot of the truckers are very, very, kind honest people and they know exactly that they don't want nothing to happen but they needed a voice because of you know uh COVID-19 right and that's it's a perfect storm it's a perfect political way to gain or garnish power in Canada as to a new political system because I'll tell you right now Justin Trudeau is not here to save Canada or else he would have this is the world's richest country on natural resources alone in five years you could be a very big powerhouse but now you have a person like that that's bought off 51% of, let's just say more than 51% of the, the House of Commons is bought off by World Economic Forum. We all talk about it and we all we already know what's going on. So what's really going on here? You know, they're here to destroy Canada. They're here to break the, the, the economical back of Canada and that's Alberta. And ironically speaking, and it's sad to say, they bring all our heroes to Ottawa just to instill the Emergency Act. And guess what? All our heroes are getting investigated now. And that's how to use the political party against them. And when that happened, they started dropping all these bills. And guess what happens after that? The United Nations slowly comes in and starts buying off all our people. And the number one uh, political party that's doing that right now, because they're saying, Justin Trudeau just screwed you over, is NDP. And NDP is the one that's going through every single reservation right now with Jagmeet Singh with his, with his, with his uh, ribbon shirt buying off of all these people. We found, we found that also very true up in BC when they have 50 First Nations. 50, there's 203 First Nations there, but they have 50 First Nations and they're trying to give voice to 50 First Nations to take over unceded there because BC is 95% of it is unceded territory. And that means that whole country of their really rich resources are going to go to United Nations. So this is a, everybody knows the 2030 plan. And what they're really trying to do 
is trying to take over Canada. And with case law, it doesn't freaking matter with Native Americans. This is exactly the same footprint that they have in Australia and why Australians do not even have no say as to the land. They gave them municipalities. And once you start selling your lot, guess what? You you ain't, you you don't have a right no more. You're, you're just like an average Canadian citizen who do not actually own land because you have to pay taxes on that land. So you really don't own land. You know, and that's the thing that they're trying to do. They're trying to take over the whole country. Now, where we found out a lot of things within the trucker convoy is because of a woman named Nolene. And she is uh, the Aboriginal advisor of, uh, what's her name, Tamara Litch. And, you know, the GoFundMe accounts and everything like that. When you start looking at all these major players, every single one of them are infiltrated with Nolene. And Nolene is a part of Asmin. She's a part of United Nations as well, too. When you look really deep, deep, deep. And dare I say it, this trucker convoy is going to turn orange. Me and Great Rebellion kind of figured that out. It's going to turn orange because of J.D. Anderson said it that last year. He said it's going to be orange this coming year. Believe me. And why is that? Is because, remember, it's all that's how they, they have a road to victory. So when they have this orange trucker movement going through Toronto, there's going to be they're, they're going to meet with resistance. And that's the uh, liberal party. Only because the liberals are rising, the uh, LGBTQ, you know, the the movement within the school, within this, uh, let, let's just say it, this movie that just came out, they need to mess with people's minds because that's all it is. It's just manipulation. Every single thing in politics, what I've learned, nine-tenths of the law is manipulation. <clears throat> so when that happens, all the people are going to be pissed off about people taking their kids from the schools. And they're going to be right behind murder, missing, uh, save the children. And uh, liberals are going to go against that. And lo and behold, what political party is going to save them? The NDP. So this is how they garnish their political power, because you have to have a road of victory. And if that doesn't happen, the Emergency Act comes back in. And then you have an, ex an extra five years of a dictator. So either or, they win. And well, that's how we look at it. I think they're pulling the trigger this winter from what I've been yeah. hearing. I got a lot of people that send me things that I can't even say. Because if I say them, they're probably, I'm dead. I'm so dead, you know. But I can, they're fine with me eluding and shit, okay? And this is what people, I think, have a hard time understanding. It sounds like your viewers or, or listeners are aware of Agenda 2030. But what they're not aware of is the enormity of the collusion that goes on in order to instill something like that. Like Adrian says, they infiltrated the trucker convoy. They've infiltrated our political parties. This we know. But do you understand that they've infiltrated every piece of society from the RCMP to the military to our medical industry? Like they've infected, okay? And they plan to wipe us out. They have this plan. It's in Agenda 2030, right? Depopulate us and create a heaven for themselves, right? This is happening. It's coming soon. We need to do something about it. What, I, what I've been pushing lately, and Adrian, he's getting dragged into this. And I don't know, like, he, he doesn't like, uh, he doesn't like where this is going. But a lot of people are feeling a general strike right now. And I believe in it, man. And the thing that made that convoy successful, because it was in many ways, I mean, it didn't ultimately achieve the ultimate goals 
that I wanted when they were like, uh, nobody's, you know, they're, they're there to overthrow the government. I'm like, fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> like, we're here for change, man. You guys aren't doing your job. I'll do it. And everyone's like, shh, you can't say that. I'm like, that's fuck, come on, man. This is, we're dealing with tyranny. This is what men do. We fucking, let's just get people in we can trust. Get all these career politicians out. Let's, you know, let's make a change. We need a fucking change. This is terrible. But anyways, onto the collusion part, like they're, they're infiltrated. It's the mafia, man. Like if you have a drug problem, you're funding them. Okay. If, if you're in any of the, that shit, the, all of it, it that it's cash and carry. That one thing Kirk per pointed out the other day, the military, how those Rangers were getting cashed. There's airplanes. People were messaging me saying, yeah, uh, I was a part of the airplanes that flew fucking cash in the Northwest Territories. Like these people just deal with cash. And it like when I used to run the Green Party and they would hammer us because we weren't a part of that globalist agenda. They would hammer us for every donation that any money that came in had a receipt and was accounted for or we were fucked. But the other parties, they would have suppers where there was bills rubber banded that would get handed out and i mean there's there's places and parties where millions hundreds of millions will go through okay with the elites the picton farm was one of them we haven't even cracked the fucking case on that but that what they have one guy fall down for all the elites that were coming from europe and lots of sick shit was going on there shit i can't even talk about but you want to understand how this happens the enormity of the fucking collusion it's it they're related they think they're fucking special this is why i hate special people anybody wants to rock around and i'm better than you and the laws don't apply to me fuck you <laughs> i'm sorry for my language but this is what the great rebellion is all about we're all born free and equal and dignity and rights this is natural law this is what we hammered out in in our declaration of human rights which was the rights of man we understand this took a long time but we're all born free and equal in dignity and rights but some people think that the laws don't apply to them and that's our problem because we can't have sovereignty we can't have freedom unless we all have that freedom we're all treated equal that's their issue i believe that's true we, we, you know it's it's it hasn't just been happening recently this is a thing that's been happening for i i dare say it since the beginning of canada you know, and if you look at the, the paperwork that we actually have here, the de determination of treaty lands, the, you know, uh, determination of, you know, um, agreements between Canada and First Nations. Like I've always said, you guys, no matter what, you guys are uh, treaty just as much as I am. And that means there's, you know, settlers and Native Americans had that treaty. And that's the thing. Uh, if we destroy this treaty here, it actually has natural law underneath it, the protection of land, animals, and air. And that's the thing that if they destroy that and they destroy our thing, then they own the whole thing. And we never made treaties with United Nations. We never have and we never will, only because our treaties as just as much, uh, what do you call, your rights as well, too. And that's what we always wanted to make certain of. And my grandfather used to say the same thing. Once they destroy the treaties, guess what? It's game over. They own everything. This is exactly what happened to Germania. And so many other. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you so... muted yourself there quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about well, Germania. 
Yeah, so well, Germany turned into so many other countries after that. It turned into England, it turned into France, it turned to you know Yugoslavia and everything like that. And people forgot that they're clansmen a long time ago, and they used to be pagans. They used to belong to the land, and people forgot about that. Now they just belong to a country, and a country ain't nothing but colonization of the mind. And that's what I've always said. You know, you belong to your own land, your own, your own, your footprint belongs somewhere, and that's what they're trying to destroy with us. So hopefully that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The reason I met Adrian and I, I started to get with him is the, the prophecies. I, I learned about the Rainbow Warrior prophecy maybe, you know, 10, 15 years ago and thought it was interesting. But then learned about like uh, the seventh and eighth fire prophecies and the uh, the ghost dance prophecy. Adrian told me about this one and, and correlating them with Revelations prophecies in the end times prophecies. So this really started really in, to, to intrigue me. And then when I met Adrian, we actually fulfilled one of those, like uh, 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 the Thunderbird. So we rose, Adrian should probably tell you the story rather than I, but this is what's really intriguing me is that there, there's a whole bunch of Native American Indian prophecies that correlate with Revelations as well. And we're it's happening. And a lot of the elders believe it's happening. And that's the part that makes my hair stand up my arms. It gets me up in the morning because Adrian sees him too, and he feels he's fulfilling his roles in these prophecies, and so am I. And uh, it's pretty cool stuff once you dig into it. I think we hit the five-minute mark right away here, so I guess we have to restart again. Yeah, yeah. we'll come right back after this quick break, and uh, yeah, we'll get back on those topics for sure. We've got a lot to unpack. You, you're you like the guy that brings the, uh, the big basket to the picnic there, Adrian. <laughs> I, I I never wanted this role, but I guess we have to kind of uh, look at reality, and it's just not. It's just built with horseshit, to be honest with you. We just have to yeah. keep walking through it, right? So, <laughs> good way to look at it. Okay. So our our guest last week um, actually shared a video of some rocks being left by city officials in, uh, I believe it was in Ontario, uh, possibly Toronto along a route that he knew people would be going from and upset at. And I can't remember exactly what kind of uh, meeting it was, but uh, a guy on the street was um, had enough integrity, we'll call it, to politely and civilly instruct them to stop doing it. And then himself started moving the rocks, which then in turn got them to move these rocks. But they were literally leaving almost brick-sized rocks, if you can imagine, in piles along the side of the street to almost in a way encourage some sort of of violence from from protesters. And we've mentioned, you know, the the Yellow Vest movement. Um, Of course, everybody's familiar with uh, Antifa and the the BLM riots in 2020. And, you know, this this so-called insurrection, which was to me like one of the most boring episodes of The Muppet Show I think I've ever watched. But um, yeah, where do... Where do you guys think we're we're going from here? Like, is there is there there seems to be so much division in these in these groups? Do you think there's going to come a time where we we can say, hey, this is something we're all standing for, and we can all get behind this one you know cause instead of constantly dividing? Because I'm sure even the yellow vest movement has been broken up into a bunch of different uh, subcategories or, or subgroups, right? True. I think that uh, 
there's two ways we can go about it. Like uh, me and Owen were talking about it, and the only the only real you know stance that we're looking at at the very moment is natural law. And I know a lot of people look at natural law, common law, man-made law, right? But when we talk about natural law, it's just basically, and we're not talking about a radicalist group that, you know, you're driving and all of a sudden I'm a citizen of whatever. No, it's not that bullshit. We're talking about the the pure the pure understanding of who you are as a person. Because I, let's just be honest. A lot of people don't even know their neighbors and it's because it's designed that way. You know what I mean? Let's, you know, the... The currency system separated we to I, um, you know, they're throwing away God and school and country where they're dividing the nuclear family. I mean, you're looking at the people. I All you have to, uh, this is what I have to say. Check out the Red Fox experiment. What happened to mankind? You know, back in the day, I don't know if you ever heard of the Red Fox experiment at all, but um in Russia, they they noticed that there was a decline in the red fox, uh, what do they call it, population. So they decided to get all these little bastards together, together, put them in a, a bunch of little cages, and they said, you know, let's let's mate these bastards together. Let's try to save the populace. But what they realized is that these things were so these little foxes were so wild that they were gonna either like you know their fight or flight instinct. They weren't gonna mate. They're just because of their instincts, right? So they decided, you know what? How about this? Let's get these little bastards, the most tamest one, and we'll get the tamest female, and we'll see if this can happen. So after a while, started getting successful, but after ten years, six generations later, you know what they, you know what they have found? They bred Pomeranians. Exactly. <laughs> their eyes started getting green, blue, little spots, or everything. They look like little Pomeranian dogs. And they, they said, what the hell is this? And they did the DNA 100% red fox, but it did not look like one. And then when they, when they asked, uh, you know, they took it to a scientist, scientist came back to Gene, Gene, all whatever the guy was. He said, um, what you have done is you bred the adrenaline out of these dogs. And this is the reason why is because adrenaline is a very powerful chemical that is, you know, that is for the man and woman as well, too, that make them more smarter, make them more, uh, you know, that's what makes them live in this environment. Now, let's go to Canada. Okay. <laughs> You're seeing what's happening here, especially with, you know, with the economy. You're seeing what happened with uh, what's going on with, uh, you know, the school system. Every single thing you're you're making people more complacent to this to this thing. Sorry, this, this bastard's here thinking he's cool as fucking bike, but you know <laughs> that's what's that's what's going on with our people. And you know when we look at the intelligence aspect of things, you have to be I think 115 on the intelligence scale to actually run a business uh, like a like a doctor or something. Then you go down to 100, you can run be a manager. Then you go down to 85. You have to be a, a, at least 85 to actually be in an army or something like that. But anything underneath that, you're looking at the reservation scale. We're at 62%. And that's legally, and I hate to say this word, and I'm going to bring it back, retarded. You know what I mean? Like you're, you might as well just say you're Forrest Gump, but you're not. Forrest Gump is fucking a genius, you know. But that's, you know, that's, that's what it is. And this is what's happening in reservation. Because when you take away the aspect of education... You separate these people. You 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 destroy a culture when you're destroying their 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 spirituality, their elders, and every single thing. And all you're doing is giving them 
just they're just like they're they're bears in a in a in a zoo. You're giving the meat. They lose that sense of, of you know that you know that that sense of uh, that animalistic instinct. So they're now they're just they're you know they're domesticated fucking bears. That's what's happening in a reservation. That's what's happening in Canada. And this is why we're at where we are where we're chasing at. dollar bills, chasing dollar bills, and they're all infiltrated. The, the, the yellow vest, Antifa. Okay, there is people in there that just believe in it and then but the ones running it the loudest ones are the ones that are getting the dollars to do it because everybody's so apathetic and and just worried about their own shit and dumbed down with all the chemicals if you ever deep dive into the rabbit hole of, of floral carbons man it's, it's deep man and they feed us poisons to keep us docile this playbook they ran it in in when they took out the czar in russia and they and they installed communism in russia they did it to China. They got the whole world under their thumb right now. And, and and we're barely, once we wake up to it, they're going to hit a reset on us again. And they keep doing this. We don't know our history. We don't know anything about the past. What I do know is it's all a fucking lie. Sorry for the language, but if there's ever a time to swear, it's now. And we should all just stop, okay? Because they're going to bring emergency act no matter what we do. But at least if we just have a general strike, that's like the, about the minimum you can get out of it, you know. I, I believe in it, and as Apollo came out with it the other day, and I'm pushing it. End of the month, at least prepare because a bunch of crazy Canadians might start something crazy by just not going to work. So, so prepare food and water for the end of the month and strike with us because I'm in. Fuck, Adrian's in. So there's two, things, there's two things we can do. There's like I said, we can go back to. You know, the aspect of natural law and understanding who we are supposed to be as men, first and foremost, go back to our, you know, drop our balls. Let's just say that, you know, do do what we got to do. And that's what he's saying. A general strike or something else. Uh, follow our, you know, our God given right to free speech. That's one. Or the second thing we can do. And ironically, like we're just talking with a lot of people here, but. The second thing we can do is actually forming our own party, but with truth. I mean, Donald Trump can walk in there and, you know, screw a bunch of, you know, hookers and stuff like that and say whatever the hell he wants because he's truthful. People always say he's a bad guy. He did this. Well, at least he told the truth. These other politicians are freaking professional liars. And I guarantee you they're worse drinking baby freaking blood. I don't fucking know. You know what I mean? They're worse. At least Donald Trump will tell the truth. You know, this is what I did. It was locker room talk. And you know what? Me and Owen talk that way. We all talk that way if we must be honest. And it doesn't mean we're going to go do something. It's just the fact that we're men. We have to be men. We have, we have freedom to, of speech. You know? I disagree on the, the party's going to get her way out, man. I am done with fucking parties. It's their sandbox. Like my friend Adrian Thomas told me, it's their sand and their sandbox. And sometimes you just have to take a shit and walk away. <laughs> it's true but i just like i was thinking about it when you talk about a trojan horse you know what happened in greece and everything when they bring the trojan horse in there all we have to do is go in there and just start pointing out every fucking thing and walk away that's what i mean about walking into their sometimes you have to shit in their box and walk away that is what i'm saying is sometimes you have to walk in there as a political party shit on every single thing that you can and walk away just to prove that it is fucked up you know what i mean it's just the way it is because let's be honest these guys are career politicians and i guarantee you they're always circle jerking in a closet somewhere and that's exactly what they're i mean look at jagmeet singh and justin trudeau last election i mean that's exactly the reason why we're here is because we know that they're they're both playing on the same fucking side 
They are, you know, and that, this is the reason why they're taking away the Native American, you know, politics right now. I mean, I mean, it was designed since how long? I mean, Indian Affairs itself, oh, yeah. Indian, uh, the BIA, Bureau of Indian Affairs, this is exactly the reason why there was residential schools. It's not about the government. It was from the it, it's a it's like 500 years old. And maybe at least 500 years because this is exactly what happened to Europe. This is why you guys lost your guys' culture because they used the Indian Act on you guys. They they took away your culture mm -hmm. and then they made you believe in Christianity. I'm not saying that it's nothing against Christianity, but that's how they use it. They weaponize religion and then you lose every single thing. That's exactly what they were doing here. And now we're supposed to say sorry to the churches and we're supposed to accept this apology from Canada. No, that was a design right from the beginning in order for us to be colonized to the aspect of everything. But they did not count on, you know, me and Owen and a lot of other people to check out their freaking deal. Because I tell you right now, when I got off the reservation, I thought for sure everybody knew about the fucking treaty. No, nobody knows nothing. <laughs> nobody knows nothing at all. So I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but here we are. So, yeah. The king's in control. All of this now, this, this this new world order agenda, it is for reals. The king is making his moves. It's well documented. You can see it and read it. He's. I think he has a large chunk of BlackRock. Um, you know. You know what, you guys. If you want to get real deep in the hole, uh, TLM LS LSM six six six. They keep an empty seat at the UN. And that seat is 666 at the UN. And there's a guy who's the biggest bullion owner in the world. And nobody knows about him. He's Filipino. He he tells the Federal Reserve what to do. There's documents showing him telling all these guys what to do. And they keep an empty seat waiting for him at the UN. He's like this undercover boss, man. And it's TVL LSM. TLM, TLM, LSM, six six six. You just type that into Google. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll. So I'll, he I'll doesn't show up to use the seat. No, it's empty, waiting for him. And it, that's a deep hole, man. I might lose you there for about a month, but check that out. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, that's <laughs> so what I'm wanna... saying. It's enormous, and we're dealing with a family that that have inbred. We're dealing with a family that are nuts. They're freaking crazy. And they have all the wealth in the world. You wonder why there's mass mental illness and trauma and people are, the suicide rate is through the roof. Because we live in a crazy world run by crazy people, man. It, it is what it is. And the only way to fix it, we just need to stop. And the ones who know have to take the lead. The ones who are aware of what's happening. And it's growing and we're waiting for that critical mass, but no, it's never going to be the right time, you know, but it, it, it's a battle. You know what? I like the fight with Adrian too. We unlocked thunder beings, man. So now we got spiritual beings on our side that are going to help us be, and divide people between what's true and what's a lie, living the lie. Right. It's, it's well, great time a monster. If, if you look at it, right. We're talking about these prophecies that, you know, you're going to bring up, but, you're looking at the ghost dance prophecy that we're talking about. We're looking at uh, that uh, what they call the Hopi prophecy, and the Hopi prophecy has everything to do with that uh, the swastika itself. Then you're looking at the seventh, seventh and eighth fire prophecy and the Rainbow Warrior prophecy. Rainbow Warrior prophecy kind of comes through, uh, aligns with uh, 
with a Hopi prophecy. But ironically speaking, it also aligns with the biblical prophecy as well, too, as people must know. Uh, when our last battle there was called the Battle of the Little Bighorn, right? So the little the bighorn was the United States government. That's what we always believed in. And the little horn was the Native Americans when they had the 78 year war here in the longest uh, American war from the, you know, the Black Mountains all the way through. So when we look at the little horn, you, you just type in little horn in 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 Google and you look at the Bible as well, too. And then you're looking at the tribe of the Antichrist. That's what they're saying. This is why in 17th and 16th, 17th to 18th century, they believed that the Native Americans, why they used religion so much on them was because they believed that this was a tribe of the Antichrist. But here's the funny thing. Why is it that we know so much about Egypt, okay, and every other country, but we have no idea or nothing about Native American, the soil in, in Canada and the United States? Yet there's so much scriptures on the walls, you know, they don't want nobody to know nothing. And in 1987 to 1994, they did a DNA test across America here in Canada. And they found that over 42 to 48 percent of Native Americans had this ancient DNA signature that is actually predates Phoenician. And he, that's one thing that's mm -hmm. ancient Hebrew. Right. The second thing that they found, too, is that when they looked at the earthworks up in Ohio, they found this Native American that had this box and they thought it was a hoax. But when they started looking at it, it was called a Bat Creek stone. And when they started looking at that, they started seeing this this writing on here. And it was a rabbi that actually looked at it and said, hey, this is ancient Phoenician. This is, you know, this is ancient Hebrew. But in that box was there uh, was what is called uh, the Ten Commandments on top of it. So what is it doing in America? And then you look at across Canada and the United States, there's 24 to 26 or 28,000 dwellings across America and Canada. And every time they go through it, the army will go through it. And what do they do? They take all the scriptures. And then you go down to South America, or you're going down to the Aztecs. They're just discovering this stuff now, all these new old cities and everything like that, that still have ancient, you know, writings, Venetian writings, but nobody wants to talk about it. So why is that very, you know, controversial is because if it is Phoenician writings, what will the Middle East do about it? What will they think? that, you know, ancient Hebrews were here prior to them. Remember when they used to say that there was a great flood and every single civilization across America and Canada and the world knew about this great flood. And you're talking about Mount Arafat and, you know, you're talking about Noah's Ark. Okay, if it was that deep, who's to say that these people did not settle here too if it went through? You know what I mean? Because it was a great flood. So it makes you think about a lot of things prior to that and the archaeological digs. And it's just like, okay, why were you suppressing that truth? Because you look at uh, the Samar uh, what do you call Smithsonian, anything prior to 1492 was considered illegitimate and it will be destroyed. That was, that was their law, especially with George Washington. So anything prior to that had to be destroyed because of civilization. You could not have a civilized race here or else the doctrine of discovery would not be known. So that's why they had to take over America and we had to be savages, the noble savage. So it makes people really think about what was the agenda in politics, you see? So that's what, what I've always said. You, 
It, it all, all comes full circle when you match the prophecies of revelations and the people. And is it possible that North American Native American Indians are Hebrews? Well, it looks like it. And is it possible that Mount Babel was in North America? It does look like it when you dig. The one thing I love about that swastika too, that it's based on the Polaris star and the Big Dipper in the sky. And a lot of nations flew that. Adrian told me to look into this and I did. So everywhere in the world, people originated at one time flew a form of that swastika representing the North Star. So what that is, is the original calendar and compass. It gives you navigation and tells you the times of the seasons. And that's where civilizations are built on. And of course, that was a part of a flag. It meant you were aware that. And nowadays, I think even better because there's one star that doesn't move in the sky, okay? It doesn't get brighter. It doesn't get dimmer. And it's been that way for a long time. And, and uh, you if you you got to at least have something to explain scientifically, you know, physically, spiritually. There's something to be said about that, and it hasn't been answered. And that is probably the big question. That's what I think religion should be based around. Answer that one for me. Or what's your you know concept on it? Let's come to the table on this one, right? I don't think it's been answered. And like you said, everything changed in 1940. What was before 1940? Around that in the 60s when we started hitting the moon, right? Like everything changed. People's whole concept of where we are, that it, it confirmed that, you know, what was being told about ice walls, stuff like this. Everything changed. I got encyclopedias from 1940, okay? And you should see what they how they talk about Antarctica. They got to measure it right out. They know everything up there. And now we're not so sure what's going on. They're definitely memory holing us, man. They're de definitely erasing our history, changing shit. I've recently looked into stuff like we dinosaurs were are bullshit they're just made up what was real all the mythical stuff like giants and dragons you know sasquatch man bigfoot that stuff's real okay they're trying to make us think it's not real but they're feeding us dinosaur bones which i hear bullshit it's a trip oh, we man. Didn't it's go a, a flat earth i mean we we're just well, talking we about that right? earlier but i don't want to go i don't want to go too far on stuff but i just wanted to say that Every single thing that we're actually looking at politics is somewhat interwoven with history. And most people do not have a concept of what happened two years ago or four years ago. And they they tend to forget. And that's why we always looked at psychology with political science and, you know, the economy as well, too. And we always know that people are very, very, they can get hypnotized and manipulated so easy. And I've always said this. Okay, I'll give you an example. You're watching a movie that is a very scary movie. Let's say a horror movie. It's scary, right? You're watching it. You have these feelings no matter what. The perception that you have, you know that it, it, you're drawn into the movie, but it is fake. But the feelings you have are very, very, very real, okay? You cannot dismiss the fear because fear itself, it does not know what reality is or not. The subconscious world does not know that. The conscious world knows that, but the subconscious doesn't. So this is why we used to have these uh, formulated plans with politics and how to deceive people in the aspect of certain things, especially with history. So when you put these kind of things together and then you, you formulate the perfect freaking political party. And this is exactly what's happening today because most people are running on their fears without logic. And that's why I say all you got to do is go forward 
and you start realizing that most of these people are just circle jerking each other. They already know. It's like WWF. You've got Undertaker versus fucking Hulk Hogan. They hate each other. Everybody knows I hate that bastard and everything like that. At the end of the day, they're going to go over there, drink some freaking beer at the end of the night and screw hookers. I don't give a shit because they're best friends. They know their freaking mission. And then they go back again and they play the same freaking game. You see, that's how politics is. And that's what people have got to realize that they're getting deceived. Every single thing that they're actually listening to, 90% of everything that comes from the media is fucking bullshit. And that's how we free ourselves. I put up a photo of Mel Gibson and Peter Nygaard on my Facebook page and people lost their fucking minds on me and called me every name in the book. I had thousands of comments because how dare you Photoshop everything? I said, no, it's just a photo, man. I'm just, I just put a photo up. Does it, if it looks bad, it's not my fault and it's not the photo's fault. Okay. <laughs> Take it from what it is. But here's the thing. I don't believe they're going to let you see anything. Unless it, it, they control everything, man. They do. They can control what you see. And how does like Assange still in prison for how long? And nobody gives a shit for exposing similar stuff that's in that movie. But these guys are estimated to make a billion dollars. And you think that these kids are going to get that money or anything? You just gave money to these Hollywood guys. It's a very unpopular opinion right now because everyone loves the movie. I get the exposure is good. I get it. I get, but it's. It's a breadcrumb to what's really happening, okay? It is, it is just minute. They're selling you a little piece, and they already made their millions, man. They got the exposure. Don't give them another fucking a billion. Like, that's sickening. A billion dollars makes me want to throw up, just the sound of that word, you know? Don't give anybody that money, man. How many people have been blowing the whistle in Europe? There's been people that have escaped uh, child sex trafficking and, and blew the whistle and say, hey, there's like, royalty involved there's politicians involved these are all elite wealthy people that are doing this okay and that movie didn't really show that why are they hiding that there that's where the focus needs to be on this fucking elite cabal that thinks they're above the law and could do what they want they have immunity think about that our king has immunity since a prosecutor represents him he can never be prosecuted for a crime how is that free and equal in dignity and rights when people can be exempt from prosecution? When So the whole thing about WikiLeaks, the reason why they put Assange away is because, what's his name, that, uh, the boy, he, he leaked that evidence of that uh, that shooting where they shot uh, Reuters cameraman, and they had video footage of it and greased them all, and it, they took the immunity away from the soldiers in Iraq because of that video, because it showed that they were just indiscriminately killing fucking people. Can't do that. Those are war crimes. Well, they got immunity, so there's nothing we can do. Well, fuck your immunity, get out. And that's what ended the war. Bradley Manning, that kid ended a fucking war by himself just by leaking information to WikiLeaks. But this is what happens. That's what happens to the guys, you know. They're not going to let you see anything. And someone would pay a price. Mel gives me fucking dead right now. Or, or any of those guys. They'd at least be dead or in jail if they undercovered anything they weren't supposed to. That's all I'm saying. And if... Everyone, you know, all my heroes turn out to be assholes, too. I get it, okay? They, they're dirty, man. It's that money. You can't trust anybody with a billion dollars. 500 new billionaires have been made since COVID. 500 new billionaires. 500 new cycles running this world. That's all I see. Like, Because they, they, once you have so much money, you buy pleasure. Everything is a dollar bill away. And order a button push away pleasure. So that you get to the point where... 
you don't feel pleasure for anything other than watching people suffer. This is it's, it's psychological, man. This is where they end up. So now they enjoy suffering, and that's what gets them off because money can't buy pleasure no more. And we're creating these things like a factory. That's our problem. Yeah, I do. I do agree to to uh, quite an extent with you, uh, Owen, especially to the point where I brought up before. You know, why are these movie stars and shit stealing? You know, it's just literally shoplifting to get that quick adrenaline rush of getting away with something. You know, get that quick cheap buzz. You know, and then of course they're going to go into these deep freaking. Oh, what you're having a party? Oh, what I got to dress in a black cloak? Oh, what? It's in the basement? Like, oh, oh, like a lair? Oh, oh, wow. They're going to bring well, they're blood in to do what with? Oh, like a bird. Is the, is the oldest trick in the book, like Peter Nygaard and uh, Epstein Island, stuff like that, right? Like, you, you slip some crack in their pipe, you know, that adrenochrome is, is real, and that they slip that too, right? And now, you got the best hit of your life, one minute, okay? And, uh, you know, they, they got you. It's that honeypot. And the mafia's right in on it. All of a sudden, how about that that one girl that came in out of uh, Spain? And she was a model and came running out of a royal banquet, banquet yelling they're eating people. That video went viral, right? Like, I've red-pilled your, your audience quite a bit today. Thank you for that. I mean, I, I hope they choke <laughs> it down, have lost a drink with it. But, you guys, it's time. It's time to wake up. And it, it's all a lie. Thanks. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, well, no problem. We're dealing with a time right now. People are trying to get away with this thing called time blindness. Have you have you guys heard of this? Time blindness. It's when no. you when you can't be on time for something, but it's not your fault. It's that you're you suffer from a a, a disorder where you can't actually oh, yeah. keep track of time yeah. properly. Yeah. So, Adrian, you were talking earlier about the. Um ancient civilizations and like the kind of lineage stuff. Um, are you familiar with any of Graham Hancock's work? I am not, to be honest with you. No, I, first time I actually heard that name to be, can okay. you he wrote this book called America before, and it's all kind of making the case so that like there was an ancient advanced civilization in the North American continent, uh, prior to, uh, like the historical narrative, because, they used to say that there was only evidence of humans going back, you know, 12 to four, I think maybe they got expanded like 35 or 40,000 uh, years ago, as far as like the, the geological evidence of them or um, anthropological evidence of them. Um, and then now they've found a bunch of uh, human remains, tools like, um, you know, uh, pottery and stuff like that going back uh, 150,000 years. So really pushing the window uh, much farther back, like um, they found a similar DNA type, like you were talking about, um, that a lot of people, especially Native Americans have, that are, um, that, that are a part of, because they, they found out that like, um, like Homo sapiens and Neanderthals and like Denisovans all existed at like the same time, and they were able to breed together. And that's why people have like, a small portion of Neanderthal genes, but one of these ones was one of those genes uh, from one of these kind of subsets of, of humans um, from the evolutionary trail. And that's represented, I think uh, he says in the book, higher among Native Americans, but it, it comes from, I think a European source. So 
or like, um, like Eastern Europe, Asian kind of uh, like Siberia and stuff like that. So, and they still don't know, right? They're still always pushing it back, but it's really interesting because when you talk about the myths as well, like how every culture has a flood myth, every culture depicts a, a chariot of fire or a snake in the sky or something that came and caused the cataclysm essentially. And the conventional kind of interpretation of that is like a meteorite. Um, and they, then all the cultures around the world describe uh, the period of intense rain and like the the landslides and the the floods that that that, that uh, filled up valleys right to the right to the mountaintops kind of thing. And so, like individually, these were kind of dismissed by like science over the years and stuff. But like when taken as a whole and uh, when applied to the comet impact hypothesis, which has been kind of a suppressed theory for a very long time. But they now have evidence to show that there was this comet impact about 12,800 years ago, and they believe it hit the Canadian Shield. At that time, we were just coming out of the last ice age. Um, and so at the time, the ice caps were right down over top of Canada, and there was about uh, two and a half kilometers thick sheet of ice over Canada all the way down into the kind of northern latitudes of the states. And so this thing got flash melted and uh, a piece of it broke off and I think also hit the uh, European uh, ice caps and so they had this massive flooding event because the comet impact like flash melted all of this ice um, and all of that ran down and so that's where all these people got caught right and and humanity was destroyed so if you did have a very advanced civilization uh, in North America and you just had a massive cataclysm that could be um, you know why there was this uh the, why, why why there's this gap in the geological record about uh technology and it's the same thing when you look at like uh ancient egypt and the and the pyramids and stuff like that and the sphinx and now they've dated the sphinx to be at least i think uh 13 to fifty thousand years old um like they're, they're pushing back these dates on a lot of these things showing that a lot of these structures existed like far before um like because they used to they think that humans prior to like 20,000 years ago or 18,000 years ago, were all hunter-gatherers, right? And so every time they find some of these um, uh, structures that show like incredible megalithic architecture, um, it shows that they had to have a society that was capable of a division of labor because you had to have people sitting around studying building and geometry and complex systems in order to build these structures. And so therefore you must've found out something like agriculture. So one person or can provide food for quite a few people. And so those people can go on to do other things. Now it's interesting because in that theory they have, he talks about um, uh, Plato, who is like, you know, a great historical source for everything, except he's also the first mention of the lost city of Atlantis. Uh, and he says that the, the city of Atlantis was flooded. He was told by his grandfather Solon, who said it happened 6,000 years before his time which was exactly 12,800 years ago, the date that they have confirmed by multiple means for when the comet impact struck and all these big floods happen. And so then of course they get into like the, the uh, some of the, some of his uh, books and podcasts and stuff. He's like gotten into the explanations of where Atlantis might've been. Some people think it was in the, like the Philippine sea because at the time during the last ice ages, there was so much ocean water that was trapped in the ice there was a, a land the, in the Philippine Sea, the land size was equivalent to the Great Plains of North America that would have been down at the equatorial region. 
during the last ice age. So it would have been warm, habitable, right? Likely a seafaring people if anybody lived there. So that would be like, make sense. But in his new book I've been reading, he's, he's kind of putting forward the idea that it might have been uh, North America that was described as Atlantis and, you know, uh, highly technolo technological capable and like competent, um, you know, civilization that was wiped out by a flood. And that might kind of link up a bit more because like what, they, what they're finding, at least in South America with the ground penetrating radar and the LIDAR, they're finding all of these massive, massive cities, massive um, like crops. They found out that most of the Amazon had initially been planted, and like the like the re the repetitious pattern of like the the trees and stuff that they've seen dispersed along there. That it was like a very like human kind of design to some of it. And you know the the uh, other history like in the soil, just like that these uh, South Americans, like the uh, Terra Preta, I think it's called the. The, the yep. soil that is so advanced as far as like it's not found anywhere else on earth it's so 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 rich and so anomalous that there might be something to do with uh man's intervention over there but anyway i think it's a really cool theory so i'm totally game with all of like the the symbolism and and you know because it is it is weird you know when you're talking about why they want to suppress all this information um about like the history you're like they try and you know they they wipe away the, the, the history and the story of the people that came before like it wasn't bad enough to like murder and you know steal and uh oppress and and, and re-educate and, and and go through all that nonsense right it's like you, you can't let the culture have its history and that to me is like you know you, you think you have even if you were like a uh if you were some kind of warmonger or conqueror that you'd have respect for your enemies in some way or at least respect for the narrative of time. But I mean, like, I guess they say that like the ability to control history is the ability to control man. So what's going on with natural medicine right now? They're trying to take it away. They're trying to put laws on it, especially in Canada and the United States that, you know, that they're trying to put laws. So that way you can, what, what are they doing? I mean, they have this man-made ideology to keep us freaking more depressed than anything with these with these uh, chemicals but I, I wanted to take it back to what blaine said yeah they're saying that in south america that it had to have been artificially made because you know i mean that it should not exist the way it is especially when you're going down to like you know saudi not saudi arabia yeah over there in the, the desert that's exactly how south america should be right now but you know they said uh it had to be like the the soil itself is so advanced, it should not be existing that way, but it does because they think that it was made by those previous Native Americans and how they made it. They don't even have the technology now to make that kind of soil, but they do. Uh, mm -hmm. But but also I wanted to take it back down to uh, what they call the Grand Canyon. Uh, they found three cities made on top of each other. I don't know if you heard about that one, right? The first city... They went over top of one that was like so many thousands of years. The second city, they noticed it was built on top of, of that one as well. But the third city is very, very, um, uh, well, I could say mysterious, but at the same time, it, it correlates with a lot of a lot of the biblical texts as well, too. Because when they started getting to the third city underneath all these two other cities, they found a bunch of bodies, little baby bodies, and they're all happened to be male. And they were wondering, why are all these little baby bodies there? What they found out was that there was a lot of impacts on the skull. So they killed a lot of baby boys, newborn boys. 
So when you go take that back into, you know, to text and everything, like you're looking at uh, the Old Testament of the Bible when Abraham said, you got to sacrifice your firstborn son. You see, it, 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 it's it's so weird that, you know, they. that's why I've always said, walking with the Bible, I don't know if you guys ever watched that movie, Walking with the Bible, but they go back to Mount Arafat, right? And uh, nobody knows about Jesus there at all. They don't know about nothing that was going on, but they know everything about uh, Noah. So his descendants were there. But as you're going along, you actually see history as it's, you know, as it's going through. I mean, that's that's what they have there in ancient Samaria as well, too. Uh, you know, what was going on in that era. When you bring it back to America, that is the only thing that we have never studied. And why don't we study that? Why is the government so scared of it? Why is the Middle East so scared of it? Or why isn't nobody really looking at things when they said prior to 1492, nothing is going to be said? I don't know. Like, it, there's so much to be said. And what with the Great Rebellion was talking about, too, you're looking at the stars. Our folklore a long time ago is that we came from the star. We're half-breed from the star people. And why we're half bred from the star people is because at one time we used to be a part of the, the the tree people. That's what they used to say. Our ancestors were the tree people and the star people. And we were made just to go out there and be slaves at one time to go get the, you know, the resources that they wanted. Now, when you really look at that, we let's go back to the Anunnaki. Uh, let's go back to like, you know, uh, the Bible when they're talking about uh, the war in the heavens. You know, the war in the heavens were what? The angels were aliens. I don't freaking know. Let's just go back to that because let's just, because at the end of the day, we don't really know, but let's, let's dabble on that. They're talking about uh, God and the war in heaven and everything like that. And they got struck down to earth and uh, they, they made certain that we're okay over here. The Anunnaki said that we're not going to be in, in, intertwined with the Native Americans or the people of this world because they believe that with us is is the bridge that can give them diseases. That's what they used to say. And that's why they didn't want to bother us too much is because of the fact that, you know, we would get them sick. That's what our people used to talk about. The star people didn't want to come around here because we'd get them sick. So I don't know what that means, but I think it has a lot to do with, you know, the genealogy or the, I don't know, like, you know, whatever. But that's the kind of stuff that we have been taught in native folklore and the star people were there. And that's why we always look at the seven grandfather stars and uh, the seven teachings of the stars, you know, all these things. And we can go on. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just, it's just, it's very interesting, but at the same time too, I think oral history is also very prevalent in that we should always keep that up as well too, because without, or, without oral history and passing it on to our children, I mean, that's well, why they destroyed, right? I mean, so they they can take away our power, just like what Hitler used to do when he used to burn all the books, right? I don't know. So, well, the number one reason we created this podcast was to keep dialogue alive, right? And uh, under the comedy genre header, and and you know, throwing a few pot shots at some famous people, it's kind of worked out, right? So, um, you know, we we. We can't help but notice what's what's happening and at the same time notice the the level that uh so much is just you know people ignoring it or or taking it to its extremes we have a a country music singer i'm not a big country music listener but uh you know news today is that this jason aldean 
has a song called Small Town where he's like, you don't dare punch my mom in a small town, which is basically the, you know, the rule of most of our upbringings, whether you're, you know, um, like Adrian uh, has mentioned and, and like many people in, in Canada have, have, you know, been blessed to to live in a smaller community and, and understand that, yeah, there's problems, but you deal with them and you deal with them properly and, and effectively, right? So, um yeah, just just crazy, man. These these being banned off the uh, uh, CMT is that what it's called, the Canadian Music Channel yeah. or something? But uh, anyhow, we like to ask. I just wanted to kind of transfer the conversation over in a very confusing way, if possible, to the uh, famous shit talk question. Um, we're going to start with you, uh, the Great Rebellion. Owen, feel free to plug your TikTok and all that as well. Um, sure. Um, where do we go from here? Are you going to okay, ask uh, me or just go to one? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Rebellion. <laughs> where do we go from here? Honestly, I'm really feeling this strike at the end of the month. And here's why. Because everything I've done, I've done on <laughs> lately, especially in the past 10 years, my path has been on feeling and emotion and what I feel and signs, watching for signs. Birds have a big play in what I do. That's my secret, okay? And when I see signs and when I th see things lining up and people agreeing, uh, people echoing similar statements, similar vibration, okay? Me and uh, Adrian did this speech in, uh, in Calgary last week and people are pretty quiet. But when I hit the words, it's time to just shut it down, stop don't go to work stop voting stop going to court and we need to shut it down though the crowd erupted they're, they're whistling they, they agreed with that okay as when i came home i'm watching jeremy mckenzie have a clip off of his and he says we need to stop this train it needs to, we need to stop it now like you're not getting another mile out of me junior like fuck you no more it just stops now okay and then i see apollo there's another guy on tiktok and he's like making 20 tiktoks a day like at end of the month, we're shutting her down, okay? So I'm just being observant and how I feel and what I'm seeing. I think that people are feeling this. And, and the people that are really paying attention and really feeling it are probably going to do something. And, and I am. I'm going to be a part of this and, and try and do what I can to make this push and see where it goes from there. I like the ideas because it's, it's similar to Convoy, where we didn't really plan a lot for the Convoy. It happened within weeks. You know, but when everybody heard that call, they answered it, they went and they ran and we organized on, on the way. And, and the cops were completely stupefied because we got the jump on them. We got the jump on the government. They didn't expect it to happen and they didn't know our structure because we really didn't have much of a structure, you know. And everything was, people pulled together and got what was needed to be done. There was hundreds of thousands of people. An event like that should have took months and months to plan and organize and it didn't because everybody pulled together and we can do that too i believe and it you know it's either we we be apathetic which i feel less and less of a man every day watching and knowing the horrors going on i got friends who are suffering i got friends who are scared and they're going to be kicked out of their home homelessness is on the rise depression is just in nuts man all my friends are completely don't know what to do at least let's make a stand, you know. I, I'm feeling this, so I'm pushing this thing at the end of the, at the month. Um, you know, follow me on TikTok, The Great Rebellion, spelt with the number 8, T-H-E-G-R-8, Rebellion. 
I'm on Facebook too, and it's spelt out. I got a page there with about six and a half thousand followers. And I mean, you know, I, so I told Apollo, he's in Regina. I told him call, go talk to Spotting Horse because Spotted Horse is one of the oldest veteran OG warriors I know. He's got a camp right now in front of City Hall with a bunch of homeless people there trying to bring in blankets and food for these guys. And the cops harass them. The city harasses them, shuts down their water fountains. So they got some place to cool off, shuts down their electricity so they can't charge stuff. And he, he's a solid warrior. He's been at it for a long time. People are dropping dead, overdosing around that city hall every night, like two, three a night, man. He's right in the thick of it. And he's, he's, he's doing his lives, telling Trudeau off, telling people don't get to drop your vaccines. Like it's, you know, and he's on board, you know, guys like this, the real warriors to me are feeling it. I, I have no choice. I, I don't, I don't, once I like met Adrian and stuff, we laugh about this because what choice? I remember the first day I met him, and we went and met some people in Alberta. I introduced him and he goes, what's next? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just, you feel the call, whatever spirit's telling you. And it leads you to a crazy, crazy place. So yeah, that's, that's my question and answer for what to do is uh, rebel, man. Fucking just stop, stop uh, being a part of the system because it's, it's, it's ugly and it's terrible. And as a decent human being, we got to do something and it all starts with at least a stop and a safety meeting. We just shut it down, man. It's harvest time. Oh, fruit is in full bloom. Our crops here in Saskatchewan are all ready to harvest. There's food everywhere, okay? There's never a better time than now. There's, in wintertime, we're going to be screwed. And it sounds like it's coming this winter. So those paying attention are feeling it. I, I hope I hope something comes out of it. We can make uh, uh, you know an uh, organization out of chaos. We can do it. So I have a friend who uh, recently just gave up a contract. He's been uh, running a food truck and doing quite well and, and creating quite the uh, the nice network there. Unfortunately, the owner of the food truck, the guy he subcontracted under, um, put out a sign saying no cash. So debit only on the food truck, which, you know, impacted his business quite a bit. And he noticed quite a few people complained and, you know, um, the guy's like, I just don't want to deal with it. And it just creates so many problems, blah, blah, blah. I got to do bank runs, and which is total bull, bullshit. So, you know, I think a simple approach for everybody leading up to any um, great strike. Um, this is the first I've heard of the, of the general strike, to be honest with you. Uh, but, um, you know, I've been saying for a long time, you know, go to the bank. When you get paid, give it 24 hours. Leave your money in there 24 hours. Go in there, grab everything out except for what's essential. Whatever you need to cover, whatever automatic payments that come out of the bank, but everything else take out in cash. Don't leave any, you know, it's a constant bank run that way. That way it's not everybody running out. And, and But more and more people should be doing that and more and more people should be incentivizing the use of cash, I believe, in uh, in today's world, which is a network I'm proud that we've been able to to create here in, uh, in Kelowna. Um, I guess... Good timing now to mention the sponsor there, Blaine. Yeah, yeah. You want to avoid a bank run and uh, you don't want to be sitting on a bunch of useless Canadian dollars, then you might consider uh, hedging yourself against some inflation with some silver or gold. And so uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Sun City Silver and Gold Exchange, uh, located here in Kelowna on the corner of Bernard and Gordon. Or you can reach out to them online at sovereignize at gmail.com. That's S O V E R E I G N. I think, I-Z-E 
at gmail.com. Um, reach out to Steve there and he'll set you up with the best prices on silver and gold. Uh, like, as you can see, the system is crumbling and uh, silver and gold have been money for 6,000 years. Uh, Bitcoin probably wouldn't hurt too, but you know, you really got to protect your assets from the, the fake fiat funny money that the government is trying to use to control your life. And Nate makes a good point about having a, you know, a, 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 if everybody were to withdraw their money from the system, the fantasy and illusion of the money system would pop. I mean, that's definitely a downside for a lot of people to even want to participate in something like that. But it's kind of one of these growing pain things that will occur with or without the involvement of the public, right? This is going to happen regardless because they keep on printing money and they don't have anything to back it up. They're going to try and shoehorn a CBDC in, a central bank digital currency, before that happens um, to try and keep the illusion of legitimacy with their money up because it's easier to just add zeros to whatever outstanding, you know, deficit the federal government's running and then send you more zeros and everybody's in line as far as uh, the payment. And you'll never, you'll never see that the emperor doesn't wear any clothes that the, that, that the, a lot of the m money in the system is fictitious, right? Because people are, people are going to ask a question in a bank run. You're like, well, where does money come from and how can they run out? And uh, then you find out that, that, you know, because everybody thinks that there's an equal and opposite dollar bill for every dollar in circulation, not realizing that the digital bank credit that flow from bank to bank, that's the number that you see when you check your bank account isn't really money. It's a bank credit. And so you deposit, say, a thousand dollars and they'll go and lend out uh, nine hundred and ninety dollars. And like they, they were supposed to have a 10 percent reserve requirement. They're supposed to make you keep a hundred dollars. They're supposed to keep a hundred dollars of cash in there and then give you the rest the uh, $900 as bank credit. And then they actually got, got rid of that, I think back in 2008 or something. And so now there's no reserve requirement. So they can take $1,000 that I go and put in the bank and they can loan it to you, Adrian. And, um, and then you take that you know, money and you go and you buy a car or, or something. And uh, they, whoever you buy it from, they take that money and they put that money in the bank. And then now more bank credits extended. And so they can infinitely loan out as much money as there is demand, see the benefit of the interest come back on that, but not actually have to have the reserves or anything to back it up if anybody were to come at once. And that's like really like, it's incredibly fragile how our system is, like as mm -hmm. fragile as it gets. And it's well, gonna collapse. Like, like, doesn't it, you, you'd think it would really irk people and they'd know by now, especially after 2008, about how mortgages work, right? You're mm -hmm. paying two to three times the value of the house in interest uh, mm -hmm. to these banks. Well, what does the bank risk? Nothing. They get a magic into thin air. Say it was a $700,000 house, right? They get a magic into thin air, $700,000. And, uh, but they don't actually have it. They're not paying real money. They're not putting up another asset as collateral for it or anything, that's you. You're saying, well, I'm going to give you three times the value of this house that you had to put nothing into. I'll work my whole life. I'll, I'll tithe to you in this usurious uh, interest charge, but, and you've done nothing to actually create anything here. You're just the magic man, the, the illusion, the conjurer in between me and my goals. And you're saying, well, the price is so much higher because of the shit that we do. And we're going to, just wave our little wand here and get ourselves, uh, you know, three times the value, two times the value of the house 
uh, from your hard and work. At the end of the day, you don't even own the thing. At the end of the day, you don't even own it. You're paying tax on it. Do you? If you pay tax on something, do you own it? No, no it's not it yours. Like, it sounds it's like still a not yours. Fee. It sounds like it's. <laughs> It's, it's, it sounds like I've been granted some privilege that I have to pay for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why yeah. those treaties are very, very important. Those treaties are very important because that means it is our land. Between all of us, that is our land. That is ours to share. And that's what they're trying to take at the end of the day, you know? So, yeah, I think that's a... I think you're you're hit the nail on the head, especially after 1972 when they decided to make the credit system what it was, and this is why we have or the separation of the nuclear family, and uh, why they had to manipulate every single person. And at the end of the day, what are we? We're nothing more than slaves. I do Bought recommend that I, I do love your sponsor there. Grab silver, and what Apollo's been telling people is stock up in food and water for the end of the month. Because what if you know? What if people do jump on board and feel it? It might be time. Silver is a good thing to trade. It's going to come down to cigarettes, bullets, or if you have some silver, even copper is going to be valuable too, right? Just a standard form of trade. You're going to want some of that in your pocket. It might save your life. I highly recommend a great sponsor, guys. That's awesome. Great. Yeah, we're very fortunate. He did run that silver. Or was it a silver bullet promo that we were running there for a bit? Uh, yeah, yeah, we were. I don't think that promo was ended. I think we just forgot to add it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're also brought to you by marijuana, but we don't really have a sponsor for it. We just find it. Um, <laughs> but we, me and Adrian got one that we haven't started yet. We've got a beef jerky guy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, seen, I seen someone else was doing a beef jerky uh, promo there for which company is this? Is this an Alberta company? Uh, yeah. Cats we gotta ass, wait for the uh, promo. Yeah, it's I think cats that's ass. what it's called, right? Um, they haven't paid uh, us yet. They don't know the they name. They haven't paid us yet. <laughs> what, what is our 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 code? I think it's Thunderbird Rises. Yeah. Thunderbird Rises yeah. is our code for the cats ass, and then yeah. I think it's so. A Z Z. If anybody's you know going to Google it, but yeah. Well, there we'll you go. get this on Rumble <laughs> as quick as we can. Hits the cat's ass, really. So check it out. I like uh, buffalo jerky and bison jerky. Those are my favorite. Um, my brother well, makes some pretty good deer pepperoni as well. And and yeah, deer and, and moose um, jerky is pretty good sometimes. I can't remember a lot of deer all day with moose jerky. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Adrian, now it's it's your turn to answer the 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 question of the week, which is uh, where do we go from here? Okay, this is kind of a very very uh, let's just say uh, it's a crazy idea. Like this is exactly what I told Owen the first time I met him. The crazy idea is this: we go back to the history of Native American politics to go back to the history of what we are at. We're gonna we want everybody to rise that freaking swastika. And I know it's going to go back to the to the idea of uh, World War II, but when they start talking about uh, you know um, the Jews and and the Holocaust and everything, well, we're still in reservation. That is their damn freaking definition of uh, concentration camp. I mean, that wasn't our war to begin with. That was the white man war. I hate to say it in such a way. I mean, we were not not even a lot of the res reservation until 1951. Why should we give up that symbol? And on top of that, when you really look at the aspect of the bank system and everything, where all this problem comes from is the Zionist aspect of things. 
And so what actually happens is it gives you guys back your tongue. So when you're supporting the Native American Thunderbird flag and they start coming after you guys and say, no, we're here to support the Native American traditions and cultures. You know what that actually does to them? It, it, it gives them uh, like, what the fuck? What the fuck's going on here? And then if it goes yeah, down to the United States and then it goes down to Australia, goes down to New Zealand, goes down to all these places over there. Guess what happens to BlackRock? Then Kanye West can actually start talking some real shit saying white lives matter because they do. We want to make certain that in order for us to be successful, you have to be successful. We have to be at the level of equality when it comes down to humanity, because the only people that are getting shit on, and I'm sorry to say it in such a way, is the white people. They're the only people that cannot say nothing. They don't have a white entertainment television. I wish you guys did. I mean, I don't mind watching Blossom 24 hours a day, but you know what I'm saying? We, at least we can have we can have that kind of thing come on there. But at the end of the day, that's all about coming together. That's equality. That flag is designed with four colors in mind because all of us have to be equal. There's two there's two feathers on there. That's male and female, and that's the understanding of real sexuality, the the most divine sexuality, and it goes down to the core belief of who we are as people. We're not here to talk about ABC, how many damn freaking genres we are. It's about if you want to attack that flag, then you're going to, you know, that that's a direct threat to the parliamentary, uh, the par, uh, politics right now, even in uh, common, uh, the House of Commons. Because when they're talking about the German swastika and they look at ours, well, which bones are you stepping on right now? There's 100 million Native Americans that you're stepping on right now, opposed to 6 million Jews. I'm not going against that, but I don't care about that war. No offense. It, it wasn't my it wasn't my freedoms. It never was my freedoms. I was getting strapped till 1990. So it was not my freedoms when I was speaking Cree. So when you look at it, that was the white people's feelings. You know, when they came up to me at the PPCLI, Princess Patricia's Light Infantry, they said, You should be wearing a poppy. And I said, Why? Well, we fought for your freedoms. They said, you know, if Hitler won, you'd be speaking German. You know what I told him? I'm speaking English. What's the fucking difference? What's the fucking difference? There really is no difference because my people are still oppressed with this fucking Indian Act bullshit. So if we rose that that swastika, that would be a big slap in the face of the political system that divided us to begin with. And then we have a voice. Because we're actually standing up in symbolatry. And symbolatry is the most powerfulest form of expression ever. And that ironically happens to be the most powerfulest symbol in the world because of the atrocities of the past. Now we're trying to take it back and make it positive. And that goes against everybody's ideology. And if that happens, they wouldn't know what to do. Because when we start actually, you have a voice, we have a voice, and we actually can start attacking the people that are using that as a freaking as a as a shield and we can say hey enough of this jewish bullshit enough of this native american bullshit enough of this white bullshit we're fucking people first that's the reason why that flag is coming back and that's why when i at the end of my walk i'm taking that nazi flag and i'll go bury it bury it in winnipeg because that's where it came from to begin with is here so there you go hopefully that makes a lot of sense well, I was hoping that whoever created the F. Trudeau flag with the cute little <laughs> leaf there, I was hoping that they were like billionaires by now. And because I do believe that there's got to be such thing as good billionaires. 
we've got Elon Musk and what he does with Twitter right. and, the, and the, the humor that I get out of that man's intelligence, I think more than anything that, uh, you know, I can attribute to him being um, that bad as far as on the uh, on the spectrum of evildoers. I know decent millionaires, but I'm pretty sure at a billion, it's like a cancer. And it's just a matter of time before it just psychologically, it's just going to. It'll ruin you, man. Nobody should have that much. I think that's an embarrassment of humanity that we give somebody that much power. That's it's not good. It's not good. Well, I think at that point it'd have to be into a corporation, wouldn't it? Like you'd have to have it buried into some sort of business. It's responsibility. It becomes responsibility. Everything oh, you own huge. becomes responsibility. You got to take care of, maintain. So. I mean, it's just, it's too much for one person. It shouldn't be like that. I'm not a communist. I don't think that, it, you know, everything should be free and and you'll be happy kind of shit. But uh, I think everybody has responsibilities. And one thing, you know, that the Native Americans claim, and I, I can't disagree, is that they feel they have a responsibility to be stewards of this land here in North America. Ancestral, they feel it, you know. I think we need to respect that. But yeah, everyone's got responsibilities for their own their own thing, and we should be responsible for our land. One thing me and Adrian have been talking about too is natural law, and it's a it's been a long evolution of natural law, understanding it, and where we are now, I think, is uh, turning it, giving animals and Mother Earth rights, including that. When we talk about human rights, natural laws, we got to start including the animals and the plants. Uh, that'll be the next step. Well, there's an invasion right now happening in a lot of places. I know in uh, Alberta and BC with some sort of um, Asian uh, milkweed plant or some shit. And you have to like dig it right out, right to the very tip of the root. If not, it comes back and it is like airborne um, transmissible. So it'll get its way everywhere it wants, right? Just carried by the wind and all that. So well, there's... My mom is really old, so if that's her number one complaint for the week, I'm happy that, you know, that's her complaint. But I just tell her, stop, you know, Asian hate. Don't be blaming it on Asian weeds that have blown over here, <laughs> jumped out of freaking wonton soup recipes. It's not my problem. There's proper ways to handle medicines, and I've, I've been camping. We set up a teepees on Edmonton Ledge with clan grandmother Nancy Scanny. She's grandmother of... Uh, clan grandmother of the Diné people and one thing she told me is that we're abusing the way we're harvesting medicines and and it's reacting you know there's traditional ways that they know and they don't even want to tell white people because of what we've done with it you know and the more i've talked to her the more i realize i am against white man medicine i I try to do the the natural medicines the natural remedies and do it properly and get them from your Native American Indians, because they're the ones who know how to take it traditionally and not harm our environment when they do it. And you got to look too, as well at, uh, and I'm sure Adrian can attest to this as well, that you got to look at locavore too, right? Like a lot of the different uh, communities, tribes, call it what you want, in the in the country, have found that you know you're better off on your local diet of what's around you to, you know to consume right so that doesn't mean starbucks and 7-eleven but for some people unfortunately that's that's all there is and they can't think past five minutes i'm surprised they're giving them 15 minutes to get around a 
a little city block. I know here where we are, um, we're inundated, I guess you'd say. Like, I, I hate it because it's blocked my view. But uh, the skyscrapers and, and all these commercial big strip rows and everything in uh, in the community. But, yeah. Also, the the crime rate. Have you guys seen any reports there with the crime rate being increased? Oh yeah, because the of the because of the drugs and stuff like that. I gotta let you guys go myself here. I have to take this lady to uh to uh what do you call airport? But I'm pretty certain the Greater Belling can take over the last segment there. Uh, for the most part, yes. Uh, Serb caused a lot of drugs, and you know, and the liberal government. And uh, they criminalized a lot of drugs, so there's a lot of crime. Yeah, that's all. Coming the, on, look at the homeless rates, right? Well, poor people are the ones that are going to be stealing because they're out of desperation. It's definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks they're, they're, for coming on, Adrian, the realist on TikTok from TikTok. We'll see you again, hopefully here. So, have you heard about this? Uh, the Bilderberg family, I believe it is. Uh, the guy's got a place called Felicity, Arizona. Apparently, it's the center of the world. They claim it to be the center of the world. They've got this crazy-ass freaking monument, structural maze thing built with a little dot there that says, stand here, it's the center of the world. And they want you to sign a freaking waiver or something when you get there agreeing that you've been there on the end um someone went and didn't and apparently they they were like yeah really not really not i think i'm well i'm sure they got away like they're they're not missing yet but uh yeah what do you think that's about i don't know just a very weird thing to like build something like that and then tell people they have to sign a paper to stand right on that spot like well i i, I mean just the methodology for like declaring one point to be the center you're like well if it was a flat earth nate you might be able to make the claim for a center but like you know it's a goal allowed to go anywhere, there anywhere you're standing is the center that's true Maybe like no, because we got the poles for like the center of rotation. So yeah, so, I don't know. It's a weird Count one. von Kleeton's freaking Bilderberg the third or whatever his name is. Um, his wife's name's Felicity, and that's he named the place after his wife. But bought this whole um city and then built this whole shrine for his wife. But it's not like an inside thing. It's a total outdoor garden maze made of concrete and weird shapes and shit. And uh, yeah, and there's a spot that says this is the center of the universe or center of the world. Sorry. So yeah, I thought I'd bring that up. You brought up another good point though, which is you know we send people to Mars before we get them there. We have to send them rations. So send a bunch of cans of tuna to Mars, but then, sadly enough, um, coincidentally. They suffer some sort of mercury. They can't have mercury poisoning on Mars. So they must have, I don't know, Venus poisoning? Well, they just can't. They can't. That's why you can't do the tuna idea, Nate. You can't send the cans of tuna to Mars because 
if you did give the Martians mercury poisoning, um, you'd look like a real idiot. You know, you spend a billion dollars getting all these people out there and you're now, now you're the laughing stock. You're like, oh yeah, Bill Gates, like you're so competent. Like you gave people on Mars mercury poisoning. It'd be a pretty good burn. I wouldn't want to be the billionaire that, that, that made that mistake. You think I think, I think they're going to the have to Mars? They're going to have to send up cricket paste, mate. Cricket paste. Yeah. In like go gogurt tubes. That's right. Cricket paste, yeah. They should have like a tube yeah. that, that hangs from the ceiling, like a series of tubes around the dinner table, and then you just hold it and you just it in. Well, it's funny that they blame the straw, which we, we went to Arby's tonight, and a quick plug for Arby's because they pay us so well. Um, I had a really good chicken sandwich, like I mentioned, or a turkey sandwich, like I mentioned before. I can't believe it's not chicken, I think is the brand. But um, the plastic straw I got was, you know, kind of impressive. I thought, well, they've leveled up with, you know, or they're still just trying to get rid of their old stock. But anyhow, um, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, well, the convenience, right? We got the gogurt tubes. We got the stupid snack packs of cheese and crackers and cheese and crackers and a charcuterie shit. And, uh, you know, everything is wrapped in, in 10 layers of plastic or, or at least a, a big thick, you know, um, container of some sort uh, of some sort of plastic. So why have they not just pivoted to only biodegradable plastics? Number one. And two, why is the straw like the focus of the, the attention, right? The, the plastic bags, like what is next? Uh, well, I, I, you and I would probably say it's masks. Masks are probably the largest single plastic use, uh, like, disposable garbage waste that's entered the i just imagine how many masks are in the ocean right now oh have you seen my tiktok video no oh yeah so i started this new string of tiktoks called i have a question in which case i just ask a stupid question right which is if we're switching single-use plastics then does that include all the stupid masks that are made of melt blown and spun bond including the n95s which are made of both melt-blown melt and spun-bond, which are both plastic materials. Um, synthetic fabrics, basically, is what you want to call it, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, made entirely of plastic material. Yeah, petroleum product. So, yeah, keep <laughs> feeling so good, and I'm not going to give anybody my cooties. Fresh breath. Yeah. Feeling so good, and I'm not going to give anybody my cooties because this does nothing to protect them from uh, me from them, just more of them from me. <laughs> Feel so good. So, well, you know what's another thing is they got a lot of those, um, and it's starting to make the news more recently. But these, uh, uh, the PFAS and the PFOE, the perfluorinated uh, chemicals like Teflon and stuff. Oh, because they're in everything, right? Like. Anything that's got Gore-Tex or any rain breakers that got that, like your shoes, they, it, they put that shit on everything. The insides of those, um, like Tim Hortons cups and stuff like that, that's like the layer that they've got sprayed in there is, uh, is a C8 derivative, kind of like Teflon. It's got like high heat resistance and uh, like really good repellent uh, properties. So you're like, you're having a steaming cup of Teflon every time you go to get a to-go cup of coffee somewhere and 
really that's not great. I, I wish I wish they weren't doing that. I think that's a worse problem than the straws. Like you say, the bio or like the biodegradable plastics make a lot of sense, or like a more recyclable uh, plastic molecule than the one that we have. Well, I mentioned stuff. booster juice before, not that they give us thousands, but, you know, the, the trunks of money that they keep dropping off are enough. And uh, they've had the biodegradable straw, biodegradable cup. It's a paper insulated cup, um, uh, biodegradable lid, like the entire the entire package is biodegradable, including the straw. And it's a potato plastic, I believe, which holds mm -hmm. up to cold drinks. So... I don't know exactly how long it takes to break down, but it is a biodegradable plastic, which is something we should have been switching to a long time ago, right? Like, it, well, it's, I mean, all, I, all plastics are biodegradable. But eventually, yeah. Yeah, to an yeah, extent, well, you know, into pets or pellets, right? Here's the thing, though. They ended up, it's a big surprise. They lied to everybody about, like, how long a, like a garbage bag sits in a landfill. They're like, it's a million years before it breaks down, you know? Yeah. And they'd always give us these lines growing up. And it turns out that's not even the case. And it turns out that it either a, I think it's a bacteria, could be a fungi, but it might just be, a, it might be a bacteria. There's probably more than one that can break down plastics like super fast. Mm -hmm. And so now like there's people developing like these kind of bacteria ponds. They just feed them like plastics and then, you know, harvest the organic matter for something down the road. I don't know what they do with the bacteria afterwards. Yep. Yeah, I don't either. But yeah, no, that was uh, that was a thing years ago when I worked in the in the kitchen industry in the in the food service business. I worked in a bar once, and they had concrete floors, and they couldn't figure out how to get the stupid grease off the floors. The restaurant had been in business for you know, close to 50 years, I think it was, it was torn down because of a fire and then rebuilt. So it might even only been since the sixties. So maybe 30 years anyways, or 40 years, the, the original concrete flooring and throughout the place was, was acceptable, including the kitchen. And when they have grease that overflows on a, on a deep fryer or somebody spills something in the kitchen, it's the last thing you want as a surface in your kitchen as a fucking concrete floor right it's gonna trap all of that grease all that bacteria as well all that crap right and it's almost impossible to scrub out of there with just soap and water or you know even borax was uh first first thing you want to try i think would be borax but um what i did was um we just i just happened to be talking to a representative from one of the food service companies i won't mention him because he makes enough money off gordon ramsay and that but uh they have a cold water cleaner that is microbial and you put that down on the floor and it literally eats the grease and then they die so these little bacteria these little bugs that's what they're designed for is to eat the grease and then die right so but they're in a concentrated um, jug that's only good for a certain amount of time you got to keep it at a certain temperature as well right like literally oh, yeah. keep this cleaner in your fridge right so yeah it was uh pretty cool stuff though and it worked and it got rid of absolutely yeah and then you just wipe it away with cold water and and you know let it continue to go and then you know if you have to give it a second application but usually uh yeah it was incredible how quickly it, it cleaned things up wow 
That's very interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of that, but it's a beautiful idea. Yeah. Well, and you, and again, if, if something will eat like raw grease like that, then there are, like you were saying, there's natural bacteria or, or uh, organisms out there that definitely can break. I always found it funny that they said that plastic bags took thousands of years to break down or longer in the landfill when the fucking, pardon my language, but the uh, milk jug made waffle iron um, stackable white chairs from Walmart that everybody had for the longest time there. Those white stackable stupid chairs that gave you waffle ass because they had the stupid grid on the bottom of them. Oh, Most yeah. Grid. You left those out one winter and it hit 20 below. That chair was disintegrated the next spring. You know, there was no integrity left because the plastic broke down, right, from the cold. So they tell me that a plastic bag is going to take so long to not if it hits those cold temperatures enough, right? Every time it does, it breaks down a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, right? So yeah, where we are though, we're I don't know, we don't we don't really get ground frost. You know, it doesn't the ground doesn't freeze here in the winter so much. So well, if it does, like the frost line is pretty pretty insubstantial mm -hmm. yeah well again i think that's why we have so many like fruits and and good um good soil and conditions and, and a good season for growing so much um yeah fresh fruits and veggies well definitely yeah. definitely definitely helps uh you know being in like the south here we got like a long bit of a longer growing season we got like a pretty unique kind of prevailing winds that bring in warm air. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool spot, man. It's amazing how long it went before people like started to really understand the true potential of it in terms of like its fertility. Um, you know, lots of orchards here, but then, you know, no one thought to apply grapes and they were like all these hillsides of just like barren looking deserty scrub brush stuff just turns out to be like the perfect grape growing soil. And so like it's actually kind of uh one of the, like the one of the few if of very few um victories that like the aboriginal people had uh in terms of like the allotments they were given for their uh, reservations because around here it turns out that they were they thought like the government thought they were giving them like the dog shit land that nobody wanted and then it turns out it was like the most prime land and so like we're home to uh, are they the richest if they're not they're one of the richest uh, bands in Canada. So it's the wealthiest. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool little success story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's shocking to me, though. It does seem like our, our tourism is down, but it also is so obvious that our, um, homeless population, street people population is definitely, on the increase um crime i believe is up as well and it does seem that more and more people are lashing out in more and more uh extremist ways i guess you could say mm -hmm. um which is sad because you know it wasn't that long ago that everybody was standing together and and gathering downtown to you know take part in in speeches and you know uniting for good and yeah well, yeah, it's a it's a tough one, right? You got the government selling, <laughs> you got the government telling you can't take health supplements, you can't drink raw milk, but you have to take this shot. 
You can't have health supplements. You can't go to the gym during lockdowns or during a virus. You can't keep yourself healthy that way. But they'll tell you what you can and can't use for supplements. It's astounding, man. What you can put in, they decriminalize drugs and they can say, go smoke meth. But how dare you drink raw milk? Because that could be a burden on the medical system. Because that the rationale with the raw milk thing? Is that the, what's the rationale with the health supplements thing? I had a dog that lived to, to, to be 17 years old um, and, and more. Um, she was a, a crossbreed big dog. And I gave her glucosamine since the time she was 15 because she was having an issue getting up off the ground. And it wasn't because she was overweight. She'd always been a little bit overweight. But uh, yeah, I got her on glucosamine and it helped her. So how dare they tell you what you can and can't, you know, prescribe or, or you know, yeah, it's it's sad. And when you think about it, too, aspirin is made of natural plants, right? Aspirin itself is is very natural based, so you can't. Uh, yeah, I just don't understand. It's it's sad that that Adrian's left already because I wanted to, you know, bring that up with him as well. Like, because there's a lot of different native medicines depending on where you live, and that's with locavore. Um, diet, if you want to call it that, or locavore um, lifestyle, is ideal for a lot of different cultures because you know um, different parts of northern um, British Columbia here, you have uh, fiddleheads not far from where we live, but you know farther north, I think. Mm -hmm. And you know those are those things are like eating, um, I guess Brussels sprouts. Blaine can attest, of course, because he has never eaten a vegetable in his life. Well, so, that's not true. Just kidding. But, yeah, you've had fiddleheads before? Yeah. And like asparagus, right? Is that kind of the... That's, yeah, I suppose. Like well, at, least in, at least in texture, as far as I recall. Broccoli, maybe? Not quite. Uh, or more yeah, I can't really remember the flavor. I, it's been a long time since I've had a fiddlehead. Mm -hmm. But yeah, an example, right? Mm-hmm. Because there was always, there, there always seems to be, no matter where you are, there seems to be naturally um, produced things. And I've, I've made this comment before in life that everything that's needed already exists. And quite often, if you, you're actually in need of something and you walk into a place looking for it, you'll find it, whether it's a junk shop or a, you know, a big box outlet, right? So, or just, you know, wandering through a yard sale and boom, there's something that you've looked for for a while, right? Mm. So well, there's kind of like this uh, theory of like, I think it's like the old, old, old magicians or old alchemists or whatever. And um, I think it, it, it does hold up quite a well, uh, quite, quite well too, especially when applied as a broader principle. But um, the, the cure to poisons are most often found nearby. So if there's a poisonous snake in a forest, there's like a root or a shrub or a berry in that forest that is uh, an antidote to that that snake. Like when you're talking about like the kind of uh, local diet or like you know local medicines, it's like the poisons in the like you'll eat, there'll be a poisonous plant in an area. There'll be another plant or a different root or something that's got a counterbalancing kind of antidote effect. And so 
Um, I think that, you know, if, if one were to apply that philosophy to just life in general, that like, you know, some of the best things for us, the best medicines are close to the things that we find uh, poisonous, like, like uh, in terms of like our growth, like where we're, our beliefs or uh, any of those things, right? You're like, oh, I'm so repulsed by that idea or whatever. And the closer you get to it, you're like, oh, okay, that idea is wrong, but there's something that's really beautiful that's like, you know, shares a, a common root with that that other idea. So I've always really liked that little philosophy tidbit. And that worked quite quite a ways. We're we're trying not to get back into the fungus talk, but like the 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 mushroom network. That we've talked mm. about as well where so much you know um i found that in life actually like i said that uh you know when you when some when you're in need of something though sad uh crazily enough it, maybe maybe it's just the way that i i have um perceived certain um events we'll say so and and periods of my life where it's like wow i can't believe i found that that's exactly what i was looking for right like mm. i love the thrift store analogy only because um i hate can openers i hate new can openers anything built before like 1980 i think or 1990 maybe is just garbage right so um well, after it, after 1980 or before what are you saying? Like, um, oh no, before 1980, they're fine. Yeah. After 1980, they're just garbage. It's just yeah. okay. inferior metal. It's there's soup cans that are thicker than the freaking lid you're trying or the 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 metal they're using to make these garbage can opener. The handles bend and it, more plastic on the freaking can opener than you know anything. Never mind the box they've goddamn put it in and yeah anyhow i hear that amazon's having issues they're shutting down some plants have you heard this no the warehouses well they expected with the with the you know pandemic when they had to rent a bunch of new warehouses and stuff and that that trend would continue and unfortunately it seems that people like to go out and buy money spend money outside so or people just don't have the money to spend Nate. that is a lot of it as well i'm sure yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, concede to that. Uh, <laughs> it's probably the more logical thing. I don't think people are buying more shit. Yeah, it's not. Well, maybe it's. Yeah, they're not ordering more kitty litter from the neighbor. They're and lugging it up their driveway themselves. No, no, no. They don't use kitty litter. They can't afford to anymore. And they themselves are sh shitting in the litter box because. Yeah their kids told them that would be the best way for them to move forward and get promotions and, and be accepted in life. Mm -hmm. It's uh it's scary. This social credit crap and the, the, the train rights and the Holy crap. I can't believe how much rights the railway has and doesn't look after it shit. <laughs> yeah. So they're trying to, did we bring this up yesterday? They want to make it mandatory in these Ontario um, schools for the different uh, assemblies. Yeah, I think we mentioned it on yesterday's podcast. But... Make it mandatory for what assemblies? Um, for the drag queen story hours and, and that, yeah. 
Oh, mandatory, eh? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you, if you didn't already have a good enough reason to homeschool your kids, there you are. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the truth about it all, too, right? But is it is it being forced? Like, because it seems to no matter what angle you look at it politically, it does seem to be forced. I'm kind of upset that the uh, the guests aren't here to partake in this discussion about the uh, the third wheel and the in the conversation in a way, right? The uh, the far right party in a way. Because mm. um, Maxine's been pretty quiet. It seems lately. I'm not seeing a whole lot of uh, discussion from him. I know Trudeau just came out. For those that aren't following him on Twitter, um, I follow him. Up. I don't know if you guys can hear that motorcycle in the background, but she's a pretty loud bad boy. Um, Trudeau is uh, oh, um, giving his condolences to the family of a uh, out fighting fires. Uh, they've lost another firefighter, unfortunately, on the front. Keep in mind, this is the same guy that was telling us two months ago that we should be donating to help with the people that have been displaced and whatnot from the fires. Well, and to help fight the fires. And to help fight them. So we should have just volunteered for that and maybe, you know, um, we won't go into that and, and try and, you know, link the two together too badly. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, stupid really where the government can come in and say oh yeah we feel bad for this but you know two weeks ago was saying oh yeah well you guys should just donate your own time to do this and and help you know help each other out in this time we're busy 75 billion like they were talking before any more than a billion dollars makes you sick to your stomach but we've got almost 80 billion now is it 75 billion was yesterday we're at almost 80 billion now in in funding support to Ukraine, right? Yeah. So that's that's scary. That's send them scary. some uh, send them some cluster munitions, Nate. Well, or these these bipedal robots, right? Mm. I don't know if you did any digging into that or not to see if that was real or or no, no, what? I haven't seen anything about the bipedals. Me, I kind of yeah. don't want to know. You know, I'm kind of happy. Uh, letting that one just surprise me, Nate, because <laughs> the second I see a bipedal robot, I feel like I'm going to give up a little bit. I don't know. It's going to be yeah. like, back to the drawing board. We're going to need fishnets and uh, not to be like the Ewoks, make some, make some traps out of logs. I always think leg sweep would be the quickest way to take it down, right? Because its its weakest point is probably its legs. Yeah. Trying to keep its center of gravity because it's not built like we are. So if you crouch down and just do a quick leg sweep, get him down to the ground and then rip its head off, you're probably good with the robot yeah. from there. The tough thing with the leg sweep is his legs are going to be made out of like probably titanium and your leg is going to be made out of nade. And uh, I feel like titanium beats nade in terms of like whose shin's going to break first. Well, so. do you think he's prepared? Do you think he's grounded that well to, to not get taken down by a quick leg sweep? I think you'd want some trip wires. Uh, you'd want those little uh, those little Rambo holes, you know, with the little spikes, and you cover them with leaves, and they walk over, and you start kind of, you have a guy kind of head the trail, like, come get me a robot, and the robot's like, I'm going to get you, and it just runs, and it falls whoo, right into the trap. 
That'd be uh, the guerrilla tactics. I think would be the way to defeat booby traps. Bipedal, yeah, yeah, like like the Ewoks in Star Wars. Gotcha. On the fourth, traps, on, on the fourth moon of Endor. Yeah. Okay, so you want to outsmart him like Kevin on Home Alone? Yeah. <laughs> Setting booby traps around the perimeter. You think you're going to have time when there's a bipedal robot stalking you? And has identified you as a target. See, I watched this movie because we have time quickly to talk about a movie, I think. Um, it was called Jurassic, not Park. Um, Jurassic, it's the last one. It's, it's the newest one. No, no, something else. Um, yeah, Jurassic World, maybe. But anyways, yeah, so we're living at a time where the dinosaurs have taken over and they now live amongst us. And we've learned to live amongst them. And they also have like all of the actors from all the Jurassic Park movies are now amalgamated back into this one movie. So they've all been able to connect with each other and stuff. And then all the characters are connected. It was really cool how they did the movie. But mm. um, the thing I didn't like about the movie is that the dinosaurs, the velociraptors were trained to identify a laser point on a target. So if if the villain, the evil villain in charge of these freaking raptors was able to laser point you to the to the raptor, then you became a target. And I'm like, how is this even fat? Like, how how is this thing able to recognize you from another guy like you in a green shirt, for instance, playing? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I don't... Uh, yeah, that that to me was just too much freaking charts with freaking laser beams on their freaking heads, you know. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, I I've already bought into the whole the dinosaurs are back kind of thing. Like I'm already suspending my disbelief, but don't try and put some real dumb shit. Oh, look at my laser pointer! I control the raptors. One of the most dangerous dinosaurs there apparently ever was if you believe that the dinosaurs aren't already in our fuel tanks or in our engine blocks or being used to make the container you throw in that magic box and radiate for fucking three minutes a day. Have you heard of like the natural regeneration uh, cycle of oil? Like there's a theory that oil actually doesn't come from a uh, swamp because that's the conventional wisdom. It's, it's like swamps and, uh, organic matter from prehistoric times, um, you know, the dinosaur falls in the swamp, gets sucked in, and all that gets buried under sediments, and like all of that dissolves into oil. But there's another theory that says that there's like it, there's a natural uh, process that creates oil in the Earth's crust, and that it isn't actually a finite resource. Have you heard anything about that? No, this is a first, but I'll have to look into that for our next show, I guess. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, thanks for coming out again, Blaine, for this extra special episode. Uh, and always again to our, yeah, thanks again to our uh, guests, Adrian the Realist and Owen, also uh, the Great Rebellion, GR8 Rebellion on TikTok. Thanks again, guys. Peace. Bye.